Welcome to The Art of Intimate Marriage with Dr. Jennifer Conzin. Sensitive yet frank advice for enjoying every benefit of one of God's most fundamental gifts. Dr. Conzin is a licensed marriage and family counselor, sex therapist, as well as an adjunct professor, award-winning researcher, author, and speaker. With today's conversation on the biblical approach to fulfilling intimacy in marriage, here's Jennifer. Hello, this is Dr. Jennifer Conzin with The Art of Intimate Marriage. And we have been exploring all kinds of different types of touch that should and could, and it would be great if did occur in the marital relationship. And we have previous broadcasts on just overall touch and affection and another one on sensual touch. If you want to go listen to those before you listen to today's, um, you can do that because this today's is also going to show up on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage. So I just want to place what we're going to talk about today in context. We're going to talk about sexual touch. And it's vital to understand that it takes place within the greater area of touch overall in a marriage relationship. Um, We do have some previous broadcasts also on some of the physical dysfunctions that can affect sexuality. You might want to go back and listen to those. We are going to talk about those a little bit more in detail in the future. And then, of course, we've talked about the overall relationship and how to have intimate um, verbal and emotional connection. So today we're going to talk about how to enhance sexual communication and sexual touch But the thing you'll want to do is definitely go back and check all those other areas as well. So where does this fit? Where does sexual touch and communication about sexual touch, where does it fit even within the scriptures? You know, the beloved and the lover definitely utilize very sexual terms. In Song of Solomon, it says, you know, it talks about resting between her breasts. Um, So clear sexual language used there. The not so clear part, because there's lots of allusions to sexual things within Song of Solomon, is where it says that he browses among the lilies. So we're going to talk about the mound of myrrh and climbing the palm tree and browsing among the lilies and blowing on the garden today. There are all kinds of different references in the Song of Solomon. What in the world are they talking about? However, before I go into all of that, I want to explain something. I'm going to be talking about all kinds of different touches to the sexual parts of the body. So this is erogenous zone one, and this is the areas of the body that have to do with the genitals. This would be the vagina, the penis, the vulva, the clitoris, the scrotum, the anus, the perineum, which is between the the, uh, scrotum and the anus, or between the vulva and the anus, the perineum, and the breast and the nipples. So this is erogenous zone one. In previous broadcasts, we've covered the erogenous zones two and three. Two is sensual touch. Three is whole body touch. So today we're going to talk about the very sexual parts of the body and why, why, and how might that affect you? Well, one of the things you want to realize is whenever I start going into the very specific and explicit sexual parts of the body, it may cause arousal even as you're listening. And I, I want to address that because sometimes that makes people uncomfortable um, reading about something or listening to something that causes arousal. And I want to remind you, God created our bodies. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. So he actually created the genitals, the vulva, the uh, labia, the clitoral tissues, the penis, 
the scrotum. He actually created those parts of the body to have all of these veins coursing through them that when the brain and the body become aroused, blood flow comes flowing into those areas. That process of arousal, of physiological arousal, was created by God himself. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so talking about sex and listening to things about sex, and even if you were to read my book, there's a whole section on sexual touch in it, on how to touch each other sexually. And if you're going to read that, it's probably or very possibly going to cause some tingling in your genitals, maybe some erectile response. Females and males have an erectile response. And one of the pieces of getting comfortable with sexuality is accepting that part of our physiological response. Our bodies do respond that way. You may find yourself responding in that way, even as you listen. It's not a negative. It's more what you do with it. Okay. So if we feel aroused, where do we go with that? Do we go then to our spouse and then go engage sexually? So you may find yourself as you're listening, having some response. Um, check how what you believe about it. Check what you understand about the body. And One of the biggest things is to just go, wow, God did such a cool job making my body. All right. So let's look at some of the very explicit uh, images that God gives us in Song of Solomon. Let's look first at chapter seven, verse seven through eight. What it says is, how beautiful you are and how pleasing, my love, with your delights. Your stature is like that of the palm and your breasts like clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree and I will take hold of its fruit. Very, very clear allusion to sensual and sexual touch of the body. I'm going to explain it. As you look at chapter four, verse six through seven, he says, your breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee. I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. So what's he talking about there? He's actually describing sexual parts of the body, the breasts. And then he goes on to talk the mountain of myrrh. Many, um, and I would agree with this interpretation, would say he's actually talking about the female vulva, the sense and the taste and the and the flow from the vulva when a when a woman is aroused, and he does that again. He says um, this is chapter four, verse ten through twelve, and then. Uh, verses 15 through 16, he says, you are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. You are a garden fountain, a well of flowing water streaming down from Lebanon. Blow on my garden that its fragrance may spread everywhere. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. What this Sounds very much like is he's talking about oral sex and enjoying his bride and the flowing waters of her arousal. And then if you look in chapter seven, it says that he's going, he he looks at her breasts and then he climbs the tree and grasps the fruit that he has just called the breasts, the clusters of fruit. So he talks literally about browsing among the lilies in the garden That would be the lower part of her body and then exploring up her body. So this would be all the sensual touch between the vulva or between the penis and the breasts. Men also have a lot of high arousal in in the nipple area. So 
the exploring of the body is laid out very clearly in the scriptures. The enjoyment of sexual touch, sensual and sexual touch, is laid out very clearly. Even just in that one phrase, I will climb the palm tree and grasp its fruit. Again, if you've ever heard Mark Gungor, he says it with this amazing accent, and it's so much fun to listen to him. Go listen to his, uh, his broadcast on sexuality. His uh, recording, actually. You can get his DVDs. So really examine how is this going? How is sexual touch going? How much enjoyment are you taking as a couple of each other, not just in going straight to the genitals, to orgasm and intercourse, but to exploring sexual touch and enjoying all the different parts of the amazing body that God created? Why should we even focus on this? Why should we even talk about it? Well, it's amazing how when I'm working with couples, when I, I do send them home, I get asked a lot, what do you do in sex therapy? <laughs> and I say, well, what we do is physically G-rated and verbally X-rated. In other words, we talk super explicitly in therapy, but then all the other more explicit stuff happens at home. We might do some simple touch exercises, G-rated touch exercises in the office, but then when they go home is when they do the real practice, right? And I do give couples practice at home on sensual touch, which was covered in the last broadcast, and then I send them home with sexual touch exercises. Why? Why do we have to practice? Often because couples ha don't even know how to enjoy sexual touch. Maybe the wife hasn't re reached orgasm. Maybe he's having challenges with erectile functioning. And so learning to enjoy sexual touch and separate it from orgasm and intercourse gives a couple an opportunity to really take in the level of how incredible it is to feel those sensations. Sometimes what happens is when it's all focused on orgasm and you don't um, pay attention to all the things leading up to it, it really makes a difference in the level of satisfaction for the couple. So yes, I do send couples home to touch each other sexually and not actually go to orgasm. That sounds crazy. I have wives who are like, oh my gosh, he's going to be aroused. And, you know, he's, what is he going to do with that? It'll, he's worried that it, you know, how am I going to uh, deal with that if I'm not going to release it? And I, I tell couples and I, I laugh, but I'm, I'm quite genuinely sincere saying, you'll live. <laughs> But yes, go practice. He will live. You'll live. Go practice touching each other sexually without going to orgasm. Why? Because couples often have never figured out what makes them feel aroused. And they've never talked about it. They've never told each other, I like that. I don't like that. I need a little bit more of that. Can you do that a little bit more, please? That kind of communication has to happen. And so sometimes people just need to practice it. And some, for some reason, if orgasm is the end goal, the, the concern about orgasm keeps them from being able to share intimately, directly, genuinely without worry. So that's what we're going to talk about today, how to explore sexual touch without connection to orgasm and intercourse. 
they have found that uh, just as far, let me just share some research with you that will help. Uh, not only do we know it's in the scriptures, but it's supported throughout research that when a couple's sexual relationship is, when they would say that it's going well, it does mean that they are enjoying a lot of sensual and sexual touch, that it's not just about reaching orgasm. Some of the other things that research has found is that when sex is going well, um, it doesn't have a super big impact on how the relationship is going. But when sex is not going well, it has about a 70% impact on how the relationship is overall. So why should we pay attention to sexual touch? Because it does make a difference sensual, sexual enjoyment makes a big difference in how people feel about their overall marital relationship. So sexual touch generally, the word that's most commonly used by most people, they don't say sexual touch, they call it foreplay. So what I'm going to do after I explain a couple things is I'm going to discuss how to go about exploring that. Before I do that, let me explain some things about this program. We do have, we've had a number of, uh, we've been going for a few months now, and it has been recorded. You can go back and listen to previous podcasts on my website. So you can go to The Art of Intimate Marriage and listen to previous episodes. So go do that. You can also, if you're getting impatient going, okay, this is helpful, but I, I, I want all the information ahead of time, you can actually go buy my book on Amazon, The Art of Intimate Marriage. Read it. You can, I always recommend for couples, read it together. Read a chapter, talk about it. Read the next chapter, talk about it. Read the next chapter, talk about it. Do the exercises. Um, So you can go read. On my website, you can uh, find some ways that you can contribute if you really want this to get out to more people. And you can also find links to buying some of the communication cards that I recommend for couples called The Intimate Marriage. So go check those things out. You can also send me questions if you um, have some. Send them to my email, Jennifer Conzen, my name, at yahoo.com. Send them to me and I will address them here on the radio show. So let's talk about uh, that common word that's used for sexual touch, which is foreplay. Um, they, they have found that couples that engage in little foreplay have um, and, and have unsatisfying amounts of time spent in those interactions have problems with orgasm and erection, and it affects their overall satisfaction and their sexual intimacy. So let's talk about foreplay would be, and I mentioned it earlier, the areas I'm talking about erogenous zone one are the vagina, the penis, the vulva, which includes the vagina, the, the lips of the vulva the clitoris, the scrotum, the anus, the perineum, and the breast and nipples. So the challenge about those areas, like it's one thing to talk about, oh, my shoulder hurts, or I, you know, can you massage my hand for me? I'm having a cramp in my hand, or, you know, I banged my knee up and it aches and I need something to help it, or I, like, we, you know, my nose is itching, and so I go and do something about that. Like, it's easy for us to talk about those parts of the body, uh, most of the time, couples are very uncomfortable sharing openly and talking openly about the sexual parts of the body. And it's specifically difficult to talk about preferences, like what you like and what you don't like. In general, men are telling me, the husbands are telling me, I really want to know what she likes. I want her to tell me. And 
um, women will often say, I just, I can't, I just, I, it just feels wrong to tell him I, I don't like that. I, I had, uh, I've had women tell me that they'll lay there while they're in, engaging sexually and they'll think, oh, I'm hoping he's going to do that. I'm, I'm hoping he'll go over there. I wish he would, but then they don't say it out loud and then it doesn't happen. It's like, oh, bummer. <laughs> what would it be like to start talking to each other while you're engaging sexually? So communication isn't just during sex. It's also before. It's after. So after you engage sexually, do you talk about it and say, ask each other how it went, what you liked, what you would have liked differently? So all different types of times important for communication. There are different types of touch that are important to sexual touch. Um, I actually give couples direction on telling each other to, do you want it firmer? Do you want it softer? Do you want it faster? Do you want it slower? Some enjoy rougher touch. Some enjoy pinching in certain areas or uh, a stronger grip to the penis. Most men will say they want a stronger grip and women will say to their clitoris and their vagina, they want it very gentle and soft. So what type of touch do you prefer? How fast, how slow, how hard? Tell each other, what parts of the body do you like to use to touch or to be touched by? So this would be the tongue, the mouth, the fingertips, the palm of the hand, and so on. So telling each other what you prefer, even in the, the kind of touch is important, and where on the body. You know, verbally saying, I would like you to touch me here, or I don't really like it when you touch me there. What type of preferences do you have around touch to the labia, the lips of the vulva, to the clitoris, to the vagina? What type of touches do you want to the penis, to the head, to the shaft, to the scrotum? What kind of touch do you prefer to the breast, to the nipples? Are you telling each other, are you sharing preferences around those parts of the body? And are you talking about your thoughts about where those touches can happen. Um, I, we talked about this in a previous broadcast about couples discussing whether it's okay to touch each other in public where no one can see these hidden sexual touches. You know, if he brushes her breast in public, is, what's that, is that something that creates enjoyment or is it embarrassment and frustration? So talk about that. You know, do you, when, if she were to reach across and caress you while you're sitting somewhere where no one else could see it but you, you know, does that create fun and playfulness or does that feel invasive? So talk about when sexual touch happens, uh, including at home, in public, if there's been conflict between you, that's a that's an issue of when. Some people, after conflict, sexual touch is healing, and others, it's the exact opposite. They feel invaded and violated. So, talk about the when of sexual touch. the The overall guideline I give is touch your spouse's soul before you touch their body. So, in order for sensual and sexual touch to work well, make sure you're doing great in your connection. There's a lot of reasons why, though, that we don't say what we prefer, that we don't tell each other when and how we want to be touched or where and in what manner. Often people are embarrassed to say. I hear this a lot from women, but I also hear it from men that they're just, they're, they're just oh, I can't say that. I can't tell them I want them to touch me there or I, I want them to grip me harder. Or I, want, I want them to use their tongue there or their lips there. I don't want to say that. It's too embarrassing to request that. So embarrassment will stop that communication. Often I, um, 
both men and women will tell me they feel like they're being demanding, that they're, they're, you know, complaining if they say what they want. I often have men express that as well, that, you know, I, if I tell her what I want, I'm forcing her to do something. So that can stop people from saying what they prefer, what they like. And you may have experienced that if you did tell your spouse what you did or didn't like around sexual touch, maybe they got upset or maybe you've worried, or maybe you're worried that they'll be offended or irritated. Maybe you have experienced feeling like when your spouse has told you, like, I don't like that or don't do that or please do that or do that differently, that when they do make requests, maybe you feel defensive, like, I'm trying here. And so that frustration with I'm trying um, can, if someone communicates that, then the spouse is like, well, I'm not going to tell them anymore because they're frustrated. So there can be all kinds of different reasons for why communication around sexual touch becomes problematic. Um, if it's caused conflict or if you've told them and then it doesn't change and you get discouraged and I'm just not going to say it anymore. So ask yourself, how do you respond when your spouse tells you stuff, either during or after or before? How do you respond? And is there anything that's keeping you from sharing with your spouse? Start there. Start just talking about, do you talk about sexual touch and why don't you? And then you can go into the specifics of what do you and don't you like. There can be other challenges for why sexual touch is problematic, um, not just communication, but then also if someone has a background with sexual abuse, often what can happen, with, especially with sexual touches, is that then if the sexual touch is unexpected, where they don't see the spouse coming, it feels violating. So that's important to talk about. Um, if a woman doesn't, this is especially true for women, it can be for men, but it's especially true for women. If she feels like her body is not her own and that it's been, um, taken advantage of at any time, then unexpected sexual touch feels exploitative. So you want to be aware, you know, you want to be able to talk about that, especially if somebody does have a background with any kind of violations. It is important that women feel like they are in control of their own bodies and have a say on their own bodies. So talk about some of those challenges with sexual touch. If you have had any kind of sexual dysfunction, meaning pain in the vaginal area, problems with erection, uh, problems reaching orgasm, then when someone touches you sexually, you may react to that because you may be worried, oh, now they're going to expect to do something. So sexual dysfunction can cause challenges with any kind of sexual touch. A couple other things that come up is that if you have in your background of your relationship, if there's been any kind of sexual betrayals where there, and we're going to have a whole separate broadcast on how to deal with sexual betrayals, if there's been any affairs, if there's been any use of pornography, then sensual touch can become challenging. Uh, lots of emotion comes up when it happens because of all of the, the emotion that's involved with sexuality overall. So explore those different things. Talk to each other about are any of those things causing problems around sexual touch? You know, how well are you talking about it? Do you, do you know what you like and do you tell each other? There are some physiological challenges that can affect sexual touch. If you have a lot of um, illness, if you have chronic pain, if you deal with fatigue, if you have high nerve sensitivity, it can make sense uh, because there's so many um, nerves coming to the sexual tissues of the body, it can cause problems with just touching, not even intercourse and orgasm, but just touching each other. 
if there's a lot of worrying, and then the psychological pieces, if there's a lot of worry, anxiety, and conflict around sex, then just touching each other sexually can become problematic. So how do we work on this? Well, generally what I do is I tell couples, <laughs> go home and practice. So this is after couples have done lots of work on their verbal and sexual, their, excuse me, their verbal and emotional intimacy, where they've done work on um, affection and, and, and touch, just affectionate touch in marriage. Um, they've done work on their um, fun together, their laughter, their relational closeness. They've really examined their background and talked about sexual pieces that are affecting their relationship. And then they've worked on sensual touch. And at that point is when I tell couples, you know, let's work on sexual touch and see what you like and don't like and communicate. And I send them home and I give them um, uh, exercises to do at home. They can't do them in my office, obviously. So I send them home, give them homework exercises to touch each other sexually what can sometimes happen is the focus becomes so much on, okay, am I feeling aroused, that they the worry creeps in during sexual touch. So be it's what I would call, what's commonly called is spectatoring, where people start to spectate. They start to look at their body and see, am I getting aroused? How's my penis doing? Is my vagina throbbing? Am I enjoying this? And they start getting super worried about the touch. When you engage in exploring and finding out what you do and don't like, watch the level of worry and anxiety that comes in and how much you end up getting involved with what I would call spectatoring. Basically, it's hypervigilance where someone's has certain expectations of what's supposed to happen and they're watching to see if their body does what it's supposed to. So just some final practicals to leave you with. You need to teach each other what you like around sexual touch. You need to communicate openly. Go read my book, The Art of Intimate Marriage. There's a whole chapter on sexual touch. Read it. Talk about it. Do the exercises in there. When you do some of these exercises, make sure you have what you need. Make sure the room's warm. Appeal to all the five senses. Have lubricant. The vagina and the penis often respond well. If lubricant's used, you can use natural oils or your own saliva. Make sure there's plenty of lubricant used in, in exploring sexual touch. And then in, in think about how to make the whole thing just a lot of fun. You can go buy. on. There are websites where you can buy sexual games, sexual card games, dice games, board games that there's no pictures involved. There are Christian sites that sell them and you can buy them there. And then of course, when it comes to the atmosphere, before you decide to explore each other sexually, take a shower together, take a bath. So we end with Song of Solomon. Definitely clearly the scriptures say he rests between her breasts. It talks about blowing on her garden. It talks about him climbing the palm tree of her body and grasping her breasts. We know that God wants us to enjoy each other's the sexual area of our relationship, not just orgasm, not just intercourse, but sexual touch. So go explore and enjoy. This is Dr. Jennifer Conson with The Art of Intimate Marriage. Thank you for joining us for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Now, let's be real. This is not a typical radio program, and we know it generates questions. If you have one you'd like Dr. Kanzen to address here on air, email her at jenniferkanzen at yahoo.com. Kanzen is spelled K-O-N-Z-E-N. Jenniferkanzen at yahoo.com. 
We hope today's program was beneficial to you. And if you agree this unique voice should be on the air, your donations will help keep it there. To give or to get more information about the ministry, Dr. Kahn's Center for Sexuality in San Diego, or to get more resources for improving intimacy in marriage, visit us on the web at theartofintimatemarriage.com. And for more on experiencing the marriage God designed, join us this same time next week for The Art of Intimate Marriage.